Hello and welcome to a new episode of Fikava Vet Chat. And this time, this is the first Fikava Vet Chat of a new year of uh, 2020. Uh, for this Fikava Vet Chat, I have no one less than the current BSAVA president, Sheldon Middleton, uh, with us, and uh, Paul Hicks, who is the chairman of the Congress um, of the Program Committee of the BSAVA Congress 2022. And that is what we would like to talk about at this episode of the Caravet Chat. So, hello and welcome, Sheldon and Paul. Hi. Hi. Oh, thanks. So, you, you're joining me from the UK today. Sheldon, you are in Bedford and uh, Paul, you are in Bristol or? Yeah, correct. Good, yeah. You you get hold of me at the moment in in Sweden. So, and I've, before this episode of Vetchet, I've been out skiing. I understand you're also a keen skier, Sheldon. I, I am, there's not much skiing in Bedford, it's completely flat. Oh. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> That is always, I mean, I, I love cross-country skiing and I mean, when, when I'm in Surrey at my house, so if I, uh, the only thing I can do there is roller skiing, which is uh, a little bit bizarre. You can't do it on a, on a public road. People think you are completely crazy. You get arrested usually. So. <laughs> but we don't want to talk about skiing today. We want to talk about BSAVA Congress. I mean, it has been a long time since the last sort of physical BSAVA Congress. Last year's BSAVA Congress was an all online Congress again, but it was, I mean, quite a, it was quite an amazing event actually, but you are going one up this year. So this year it will be hybrid. So people can physically attend and they can also virtually attend Congress. And I think a lot of things are new. I mean, I, I had a visit um, at the, uh, the, um, the website, BSAVA events website, um, where one can find some more information about the Congress. We're talking here about a new venue, apparently a new format, obviously, a new exhibition, and also the program will be completely different. So, uh, and that is where I'm quite keen to, to get some more information from you. So let's first talk a little bit about the new venue. Why now Manchester instead of Birmingham? So we made the decision to move to Manchester uh, quite a few years ago now. Um, and we were actually supposed to be in Manchester for the first time last year. Um, in 2019, it was the penultimate Birmingham uh, Congress, and 2020 was supposed to be the final one. Um, but we had to make the decision to cancel Congress. Um, I remember at a board meeting, uh, only about two weeks before it was due in Birmingham, we made the decision to cancel. And then we had to move to a completely online, but an on-demand version of Congress that, that year. Mm. Then the following year, um, we made the decision to go completely virtual, as you've said, and had the, uh, the, the virtual Congress, which I, I think as well worked really, really well considering the restrictions we had. I think it still gave a sense of uh, community, conviviality. Uh, we still had the social engagements, um, but also everyone got their, uh, their CPD and, and the opportunity to, to quiz um, the, the lecturers. Um, 
Uh, but that, as I said, that was supposed to be the first venue where we were in Manchester. So we had to postpone everything. And we are now in Manchester with our third iteration of, of a hybrid uh, version of Congress. And uh, we, we moved to Manchester for, for many reasons. I mean, Manchester is an incredible city in and of itself. Um, it's very well connected. It's got an airport. It's got lots of rail connections. Um, but mainly the, the, the Congress was getting to a stage where we needed everything to be together. It, the Congress got so big that we had to have a, a, almost a two-site uh, solution in Birmingham. Mm -hmm. So when we were looking at new venues, um, the, the, the big plus of Manchester, as well as all its uh, transport connections, was the fact that um, we could have everything under one roof in one venue. Uh, and and the, the venue itself, Manchester Central, is an old railway station. Um, so it's actually a beautiful Victorian building. Um, and it's now converted into this fantastic uh, exhibition space where we've got every, all the ex, uh, lecture theatres um, and, and learning spaces directly off it. So it gives us the opportunity to really do something different, to refresh Congress and to present our brand new uh, programme and, and, and way of learning. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that is, I always found sort of with these big international congresses, it's it's not just the conference itself. It also has to do with the place you go to. I mean, one of the reasons sort of why, why some other events are just so popular because it, it, there's also some sightseeing and you, 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 it's a cultural, the, the, the cultural side. It's, I mean, it's, it's not just sort of strictly seen CPD, sort of it's, it's also an event really you take place in. Pardon, and I mean, sort of, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I've, Birmingham was interesting. <laughs> Admittedly, that was the only reason why I ever went to Birmingham was to, <laughs> to, to, to go to BS AVA Congress. But I like a lot of people have just so many fond memories of uh, of Congress. I think we, we we had a really good run over there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so now. It's hybrid event, so that means sort of there are the, the the physical live lectures, which people can then also sort of view live, but um, they can also later view on demand, so they can pretty much sort of decide what lecture do I want to go to, and they can do that also from the comfort of their home. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and and. I think the the really great thing about being forced to do a virtual congress in 2021 was we got the opportunity to see how great it can be uh, to do a virtual congress and and the benefits that you can get from providing content online because it enables people to be able to choose to view more than one stream that's occurring at the same time um, you don't get the, the fear of missing out uh, and wondering whether the other lecture that you're not watching is, is better or is going to give you the information that you need. So you can really commit to, to one particular stream or modules, as we're calling them now, um, and with the knowledge that you will still be able to get the information from the other modules that are going along at the same time if you go back and watch those on-demand 
at a later date. It also gives us the benefit of being able to provide the same content uh, for our live attendees as those who are uh, attending on the virtual platform and they can attend live too. Um, and it has really given us the ability to show that you can get a very good experience attending virtually. And in fact, one of the challenges we've had, uh, apart from moving to Manchester um, and, and, and a change to how we present our uh, content, and we wanted to make a big change from Birmingham, it wasn't just a, a geographical move, it, it had to say something about the progression of Congress. But one of our big challenges is to show that there is also a benefit of coming and attending face-to-face -face, um, rather than just attending virtually um, and that really you can you can get a lot out of attending virtually and it's very much worthwhile but if you can attend face-to-face -face, you will get a uh, an even better experience and that's been a big challenge um, for us to do. It's, it's what we have had especially as we talk about Manchester that's the same as we ha have had with football. I mean, it's, 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 it's good to watch it on television and it has some benefits sort of because of sort of the replays and things like that, the commentary and things like that. But nevertheless, it's not quite the same thing as if you are sitting in the stadium with 10,000 people who are fans of the teams that are playing. It's just a completely different experience. Mm. Uh, absolutely. So I think there's that atmosphere of being at the Congress, which we don't want to lose that identity, as you've mentioned, you know, that BSAVA at Birmingham had an identity and we've all got really fond memories of being there and the, the social interactions that we get there and the networking and seeing old friends and, and we want to keep that identity. But at the same time, um, Birmingham had been the venue for BSAVA for quite a long time and in the end, we probably kept ourselves slightly restricted to a format that had been very, very similar for a number of, of years, if not decades. Um, mm. And a move to Manchester has allowed us to make a change to become something slightly different in how we provide our content and, and to try to reinvigorate what it is like to be at a live Congress and to change it from the traditional format of receiving lecture after lecture after lecture, sitting statically not involved. Um, and hopefully our delegates will notice that there is now an opportunity for a lot more delegate interaction with the whole process, um, with the speakers, um, with even within some of the uh, some of the content, there is going to be a lot of delegate driven um, direction within within that so we're having a debate and discussion sessions where we're really hoping the delegates will get involved from the very first few minutes of that session rather than it being a traditional question and answer session at the end we're really going to encourage interaction for those sessions and so i think that is one aspect that um will help to bring people back in is to i think that atmosphere will be uh, will be great online, but will be even better that interaction face to face. Um, mm. And then there is going to be some content which will only be accessible at a face to face conference. So, for example, the practical content, um, 
which is open to all this time round. So um, whereas traditionally at a Congress, you would have to book your practical session and pay an additional fee to attend. Um, what we're doing this time is to provide two separate spaces within the Congress venue, which throughout the entirety of the Congress, it will be a drop-in style practical session. So, so do I get that right? So with the, with the Congress fee, you not only get lectures, you get also then practical sessions. You only have to then book them because obviously there's a limited number of, I don't know, microscopes or, 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 or practical tables or so. But sort of you, you, you book your slot and then that's already part of also of your registration fee then. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So although there may be some booking involved and in particular you mentioned, let's say, for example, cytology, where we put a, you know, we may want to have a structured booking system so that um, we know that there's a time limit to how long somebody can be sat at a microscope to ensure that as many people as possible get a, a, a chance to, to, to be involved. And the same with x-ray viewing, that they have mm. a chance to do that. Um, for the majority of it, it will be, you know, when you're free or you are in a break or if you, there's, uh, you're not sure if there's a lecture you particularly fancy attending or potentially you've, you've just got brain freeze and you need to do something a little bit more interactive, then you can drop into one of those practical rooms and you can either, for example, practice your bandaging skills. Um, uh, we're going to have a, uh, a CPR challenge. Um, so that uh, you can try out your skills on a CPR dummy to ensure that you're doing the correct technique, all the way up to challenging yourself with some um, uh, what is your diagnosis type uh, cases on a um, literally as a challenge. So you can sit on a time limit. You you want to try and answer as many questions as you can in that time frame. Um, and uh, so there's lots of ways in which you can interact in that and it's unlimited so you it's not as if you can only turn up once you can turn up for 10 minutes if you've got a if you've got a bit of time on your hands and then you can go away and come back and visit another table later on um, and we're anticipating that to be really quite busy uh, and I think probably our I biggest bet, I bet it will yeah. be yeah our mm. biggest struggle is going to be making sure that everybody gets uh, you know a fair crack of the whip and uh, uh, we'll see how we go with that one, but uh, I think it would. Uh, I think we're in a better position to be busy um, uh, in that scenario. But I think the great thing about it is that now we see that everybody wants to learn in a different way, and for some people that really needs to be some hands-on um, events to 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 complement the uh, sort of lecture-based learning that they're getting. Um, it's, and, and that, is, that is what is lagging at the moment. I mean, I think we all have a lot of sort of online or opportunities for online CPD, but that's the practical things that you just do it once or twice, you will never forget it. Certain, certain things are a little bit like bicycling or something like that. So once you've learned it, sort of, then you have, but you, somebody needs to show you and say, well, that's the way to do it and so yeah 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 exactly. no, I believe that and that is something yeah the, the, uh, online online tuition can only go so far you still need the 
physical aspect. And this time it's sort of included now in the Congress fee. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All included. And, you know, there's some give and take in this. So, for example, if I look back to our endoscopy practicals that we used to run one day of endoscopy practicals in, in, in Birmingham, but actually we could only run three of those one and a half hour sessions in, in that day with 17 attendees. So the maximum number of people who were going to be able to do an, an endoscopy practical was going to be you know, around 50 to 60 people that would get that opportunity and pay for the privilege of it. The benefit for them is they'd get an hour and a half of, of really hands-on experience and they would feel a lot more confident at the end of that, but it's a really small number. And we felt that actually it's much better that we offer tasters um, to as many people as we possibly can. And I'm not expecting everybody to come away feeling an absolute expert in those practical events, but some real top tips. And we're absolutely looking to provide practical content that is applicable to first opinion practice. So we're not looking at trying to make everybody an expert in something with a piece of equipment that costs so much that nobody's going to have access to it. This is going to be about day in, day out equipment that should be available in first opinion practice, knowledge that they can use to apply on a day-to-day -day basis. And if they come away with just one piece of information that makes their life that little bit easier, then I think we've, you know, we've, uh, we've done what we intended to do then. I found that, I mean, I found that with, for example, blood pressure measuring in cats. It's typical sort of example, sort of it's, yes, everybody knows these machines and, and, and that's how to apply it, but just the way you do that, if you have done that in two or three cats and somebody shows you has done hundreds of them and says, no, no, don't do this. And if, you're, if the cat is stressed, then maybe don't take the front limb, maybe take the tail, for example, and shows you how to clip it, little tricks sort of, they make a huge difference and it makes also economical sense. I mean, there are so many practices that buy useful machines, but nobody knows how to use them. <laughs> and then it's, it's, it's a loss. Whereas, I mean, it can be easily turned into a service which looks good for the practice. And it's also something that, well, gets, get, gets additional turnover to the practice and, and makes also work more interesting. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, absolutely. I saw um, on the uh, website, I saw something about the storyboard experience. What is what is meant by that? Well, I, I think this is this is our, our real challenge for us of the of the year, um, something which I, I'm really excited about. And it's taken us um, a number of sessions with the committee to really develop this out. What we're trying to provide is a more is one particular module, which is a little bit more immersive and entertaining, but and we're not talking pantomime necessarily, but something that really represents a day in the life of type experience of being in practice. So in the end, we, we initially started by calling it the storyboards. It's now it's it's its new name, its final name is is the, the day in the life of drama. Um, and each day, so that three days at Congress, each day has its own um, 
subject matter. So, for yeah. example, the Thursday um, will be a day in the life of anaesthetic dramas. Mm. Um, and it's going to be, and every day is going to have a slightly different uh, type of approach to it. But the, let's take the anaesthesia dramas, for example. It's going to start with some uh, content pre-recorded of, an, of, a, of a professional actor uh, engaging with a first opinion practitioner. And we're then going to use that process, including some live discussions with these actors in, in character, and go through the day and experience some of the dramas that we might see. Also, some of the, the sort of the basic things that we deal with every day. How do we explain the risks of anesthesia to an owner without putting them off? going ahead with what we would think is a very simple procedure you know the common mm. the common mm. question that the owner says oh, i don't know if i can put them through that at their age and um, and we're thinking crikey we you know we're, we'll anesthetize animals at that age day in and day out and we're really mm. not that worried how do we make sure that they give informed consent but don't put people off of doing the procedure um, and then how we deal with the complications that might arise commonly, uncommonly, and the associated communications that go with that. There will be CPD in there, so there'll be snippets of um, supportive lecture content that goes with that. Uh, we, the, the second day, for example, is a, a day in the life of neurological dramas, and we can expect that standard experience of being in the middle of something that's very normal, uh, but you're busy, and suddenly something comes in the door that you were not expecting that requires you to have a complete change of mindset and to use your team to the best of the ability. And so that day is going to be looking at how we use our team, how we prepare for emergencies, and it's on the basis of some neurological emergencies. And the final day is a reproductive drama session, and again, Looking at some of the common questions that we might get faced with, should we, when should we neuter our pets? But then onwards from there, some of the reproductive events that come and how we cope with that. Um, and again, supportive material. So it, it's probably uh, a content that might be more focused towards our nurses and new graduate vets return to work. I think it'd be entertaining and, and inspiring for anybody. Um, but that's the sort of uh, thing we're looking at. And um, we're really hoping it's going to be novel uh, for people to experience um, and uh, just bring a really different atmosphere. It's a lot of preparation involved in that. So scripting and things is going to, you know, is in there and it's going to need some good production management. So. But we really wanted to bring something different to this, you know, something where if you wanted to be able to immerse yourself in that experience and still learn and take away some some life lessons from people who've been there and done that, then this would be a great way of doing it. I never thought about that, but actually it makes so much sense. I mean, admittedly, sort of the Veterinary Defence Society does something similar for, for veterinary students in the UK, where they put sort of students sort of with uh, with professional actors through scenario they can might encounter with clients and 
they found that sort of how can I de-escalate, for example, a stressful situation? How do I deal with a client who is not happy or something like that? And I found that, I mean, I've, mm -hmm. I've, I, I never took part in a full session, but I saw sort of clips of it and I saw, ah, oh, if somebody would just have to given that to uh, to me when I was just finished at vet school, and I mean I recommend it now at international meetings. I say here, have a look. That's what they do in the UK, and it's so so helpful. And, and I mean, why not do it for uh, uh, for scientific uh, or clinical subjects? I mean, yeah. Anesthetic nightmares. That we, we we all have seen them at some point. And how do you deal with it? How do you address yeah. it? How do you avoid it? How do you communicate that? Mm. So, Absolutely. Uh, and we can learn about how to deal with it clinically. But what actually what's more stressful for I think for all of us is not you know we know we know that things happen. We know that complications happen. The stressful part of that is the responsibility of managing that well with an owner, managing that well with your team, learning from it if there were mistakes, which, mm. you know, we're all human, mistakes happen. And so we are actually expecting, we're very much hoping that the VDS will be involved uh, in this with some advice from them. Uh, mm. We'll also be looking a little bit at uh, how, you know, the, the impact of this on, on us as veterinary professionals and, uh, uh, in our uh, lives around uh, work as well as, you know, as well as actually the clinical work. And I, I think it's going to open up a lot of doors and opportunities for discussion. Um, and throughout all of this, we are going to support it with evidence-based medicine. But I think it's really, this is, the, this is the module in which we show how that applies to real life. Um, mm. and, uh, and how you then incorporate all of the things you can't control, like owner finances and, uh, and owner behaviour and, uh, and uh, how your team works together and things. So I think that will be really exciting. Yeah, I, I think the collaborative nature and the discussive nature of this is hopefully what's going to um, stimulate the debate and that will, will rekindle people's passion for the profession and for the subjects. Um, because I think I think we, we all need that after two years of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, we all need to come back in and, and start discussing our subject again and, and uh, learning to love it again, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you 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 mentioned that uh, sort of three days, three dramas. <laughs> Uh, you've done away with the fourth day. You've done away. Uh, we, we are no longer having lectures uh, on Sunday. So it's a little bit more of a compact format. Yeah. In, in some ways, uh, in some ways, but you've got to remember that uh, you've got the you've got access to all the lectures because you can do it over the following uh, two months. So actually, admittedly, it's not, it's I don't know. I, I, I always failed sort of the lectures on Sunday. They were a little bit lost on me. I was just too drained from the previous few days. So, and the good thing is, yeah, as you said, I mean it's if you want to have as much CPD as possible, there's just for the for 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 the following sort of weeks, sort of plenty of time to, to catch up on. How long will the online content be available? 60 days. 60 days, so a couple of months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, uh, the, uh, the event is a little bit earlier than traditional. It's from the 24th until the 26th of March. Mm -hmm. all, all plan to try and avoid Easter holidays. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's important because I think uh, the regular Congress goers might still have sort of beginning of April in their mind, but uh, so it's end of March now. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's good. Um, the um, registration, um, I saw registration fee, the early bird fee um, is about 400 pounds plus VAT. So that makes it uh, around about 400 and what is that, 81 pounds for, uh, for BSAVA and also for FICAVA members. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then for nurses and students, I saw it's 210. Um, but this early bird fee is um, early bird fee uh, runs out, or the, the early bird period runs out on the 17th of February. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, this is true later than, than traditional. So, but I think that is uh, what I heard sort of by sort of most congresses, they, they run the early bird fee uh, or the early bird periods fairly close to the congresses because it's for everybody suddenly so new, there is a real live congress again. Exactly. And, and people are very cautious about booking anything, including holidays or, or meals out even. Um, so yeah. the early bird deadlines would push back a little bit to reflect that. But equally, we've taken some lessons from the online um, uh, courses that we've been putting on and the online congress and with online congresses people do tend to book um, uh, last minute so that, that's why we've done that. Yeah. So if, if I would like to book from abroad but I'm concerned about sort of travel restrictions and I mean admittedly I mean nobody knows where we will be at the end of March I mean who would have thought that that we would have had all the restrictions now just uh, recently over over Christmas. Sort of, um, what happens if there are suddenly sort of lockdowns again or something like that? Sort of uh, um, uh, get people uh, their congress fee refunded, or do they get uh, uh, the possibility to transfer a full ticket then into? In any case, the, the, the online ticket, have you given that some thought? Congress will definitely go ahead. Um, okay. So in, in some form or another, if we are completely locked down, which I think is unlikely, but if we are completely <laughs> locked down, then we will just flip to a virtual uh, Congress uh, and we've got plans for that already. Um, mm -hmm. Recorded lectures, recorded content and things like that. So there isn't any danger that people won't get uh, CPD for their money. Um, the, the restriction may be physical attendance, um, mm. but that will be determined near the time, depending on, on any restrictions that are in place. And, uh, and, the, and the, other, the other point to make, actually, is that the live attendees will also have full access to the virtual live at the time. So it's uh, because there will be some aspects where actually some of the content they may want to uh, either watch uh, at the time live, but not from the venue. If they want to be, you know, say they've got up a little bit late and uh, 
and uh, is they're going to miss the start of the first lecture if they go down well they can they can start by watching that virtually and then attend um once they get to the to the first morning break uh, i think we've all been there at bsaba where the uh, the saturday morning start feels a little early although again we are actually starting slightly later every day than we have done traditionally um, so the Congress day starts at nine o'clock every day now. Um, I think we've taken on board the fact that actually from 8.30 until 6.30 is an incredibly long time to re retain good brain activity. And actually, if the content is worth attending, we want people to be in the right place for that. We don't want people to be struggling through their ninth hour of CPD at the end of the day, feeling like they want to attend because it sounds like a great lecture. So it is all, the, the day is slightly shorter, but as uh, Sheldon says, there's, you can go back and watch any of the additional content online. Plus every single module and every speaker will be providing some additional content that is solely pre-recorded and provided on demand online. So every module will have two, maybe three additional webinars um, that we will talk about during the Congress as to how they fit in. And so, for example, if we feel that we've just had a shallow investigation of a particular topic, but a speaker is a fantastic source of knowledge, we will ask them to do a webinar to give a deeper dive into that for those who want to see it. And that can be viewed at any time in addition to what we've got there. And the same will be true of those um, day in the life of dramas, that there'll be some on-demand supportive content where perhaps somebody wants to know a little bit more about uh, the anesthesia of a dog going for a cesarean section, but we don't have time to fit that in the programme, but we know people might want to top up their knowledge. That can be provided on demand. So there'll be all this additional layering of content um, it is. I mean, if, if, if you compare that with, with, with the Congress, say, 20 years ago, where it was sort of straightforward, here's a lecture, here are the proceedings, um, uh, there's an exhibition, that's it. Sort of, but it's so complex now. And I have to say, Paul, I, I, I don't envy you having to chair the, uh, the, the, the programme committee. I mean, it's I mean, so, so many different aspects to fit in. And I mean, one should remember that you and, uh, uh, and, and, and the whole team that is organising the Congress, I mean, these are these are virtually all volunteers, and uh, and I mean that makes a huge, huge difference to a lot of other great internet, uh, big international congresses these days. And so I mean this is my it's organized by veterinary professionals, and the, also the money generated, the money they spend on the congress, that goes back into the profession. And that's not only, I mean, we've seen over the years what BSAVA has done, not only nationally, but also internationally by supporting, for example, other European organizations, showing them how and helping them to, to do their CPD. It is fed back within the profession. It stays in this, in this circulation. And I mean, that is, uh, well, that I think is it's one of the big reasons why BSAVA Congress, I think, is, is so different from, from a lot of commercial congresses.
Mm. Absolutely, and the, the volunteer, we couldn't do it without the volunteers um, and, and couldn't have done it over these years without, without the volunteers. But Congress has always been changing um, mm. and it has always been leading and pioneering. Um, you know, we didn't have any small animal conferences in the country, if not the world, um, when, before BSAVA started producing them. And BSAVA has developed its offering and we can't stay still. We can't offer what we did 20 years ago because that's... That's a bit passe and boring, yeah. And I mean, one, once again, you 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 are clearly an innovator. I mean, these new formats, these new lecturing formats in smaller bite-sized section uh, uh, formats, and then then not just sitting in a in a lecturing hall with five hundred other people and possibly bad sound quality, but that you have interaction, that you have a little bit of drama involved, that you have role play. I also saw here, for example, this one section canine medicine meets behavior very clever idea so what what is going on what what is is it a behavioral problem is it a medical problem sort of i mean that's what we face in first and in, in, in first opinion practice sort of every day no not every day but but we are sometimes sort of at this sort of crossroads where we sing what is that's this the beauty of having volunteers who are in practice yeah, designing a program because they say, "Well, this is the problem that I'm having this week," and yeah. I know my colleagues are having it, so that's directly fed through. Um, yeah. Why yeah. it's always on message. And uh, another quick question about the exhibition: the exhibition is now in the same building as the lectures as well. Yeah. 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 So the there's walking the from one the building main, to the main hall um, mm. where the trains used to be. Um, and directly next to that, there's a series of, uh, of lecture theatres and breakout rooms um, and, and spaces that you can adapt um, and we're making use of all of those. So it's, it's literally going to be a few steps away and you're back into the exhibition. And there are actually um, lecture theatres for the exhibitors within the exhibition space as well this year. Um, okay. So it really will be very interactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and then, I mean, as it is on uh, on the weekend, so one might even take the opportunity to to watch the Manchester City or Manchester United game. I'm not quite sure. Do you know, is, uh, are they playing uh, at home on that weekend? Oh, no, they want to stay in the exhibition, not go to, on to the football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but, but as sort of as, as part of the problem. Well, I don't know. I, I often, as, as you said, when, when I go to these congresses, I, I often think sort of, Sometimes less is more. Sort of, I, I would say only a third of my knowledge gain, sort of, as a as a as a delegate, comes from lectures. A third comes from the exhibitions, speaking to the exhibitors, speaking to to uh, uh, having a look. What is new on the market? What new equipment is there? What new um, bandaging material, infusion sets, and stuff like that is there? And the third is networking. Absolutely, networking. And that is something that's really difficult online. But this sort of cup of coffee, sort of uh, uh, between lectures, and then speaking to somebody about sort of a case we recently have had and we were struggling with, and, and the other person as well, I've had that several times. I tell you what, do it like this, that, that, and it's sort of eye opener. And that is in no program. You, you, you can't prepare yourself for that. But I made just so got so many good ideas sort of what else to do also different 
business ideas, for example, which I found extremely valuable. It depends what you what stage of your career you're at, yeah. because I certainly found the lectures more useful when I was a new graduate. But then mm -hmm. as I became uh, more senior than a practice owner, um, I tended to spend more of my time in the exhibition, um, speaking to exhibitors and getting more CPD for the practice um, yeah. from, from those um, places than I, than I did from the lectures. Not that I, I still went to the lectures, but you just you, you get what you what you need, don't you? We've, we've, we've tried to sneak in a little bit more uh, additional sort of networking and um, informal CPD, um, which will, uh, you know, uh, it is only really going to be effective for those who attend live. And this is, I think, really quite unique uh, this year, um, which is that every speaker, every single speaker, is going to be available for half an hour at some point during the Congress in an area called the Meet the Speakers area. And they will be sat at a nice round table and available to field informal questions. Um, so it's a designated space within the exhibition hall. Um, and it will always be during one of the breaks. And every single speaker has been allocated a half hour slot. So there'll be usually six speakers available at any one time um, that if there's space at the table you can just go and listen to the questions that are already being asked or you, if you have an opportunity to you can go and ask a question about as you say that difficult case that you had a thought about and it it's 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 an additional way that we want to bring in the ability to reflect on what's been said in the lectures and maybe to be able to come back and ask that question you didn't have a chance to before but also to really bring everybody together the speakers and the delegates into the exhibition and the great opportunity for Manchester is that the exhibition becomes an, a really integral part of the CPD as well as uh, as part of the congress and every, we're hoping that everything will really feel very integrated from that point of view yeah yeah I don't know about you I mean <laughs> I was thinking maybe talking with you about Congress sort of for 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. We are talking <laughs> nearly an hour about it. I'm so pumped up. I have, I have to say I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm pretty sure sort of it, uh, it will be very, very well worth sort of the, uh, the journey to Manchester. And admittedly, sort of although I'm living nearly three decades now in the UK, I've never been to Manchester. So oh, you're in for a treat. Another yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So another another good reason. Mm -hmm. Finally, sort of to I have to to put I I I, I asked uh, or I, I have some challenges for you. So first of all, you have to recommend a favorite drink. Uh, I saw that Sheldon was drinking something, and that's something you can recommend yes. to our viewers. So so this is um, my. Uh, I don't know if you can see it there. It's it's Calvados. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, 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 a, I'm a definite Francophile. I spent um, a lot of time uh, on holiday in Normandy mm. um, uh, in Calvados itself. Um, mm. And I, I really enjoy going around and sampling the, uh, the, the ciders and the Calvados um, from, the, uh, from the farms. 
especially there and, and uh, you know, the, the, the different earthy taste that you can get there. So there we can see you finally retiring in Normandy, making your own Calvados. Well, that's yes, not, that's, <laughs> that's not a bad plan. So, so that's pretty good. The second challenge I had for you was, can you recommend to our viewers one piece of equipment or something you can't be without? And before you do that, I can tell you something I cannot be without. And I've just been today in contact with, with BSAVA uh, headquarters because one of my favorite apps is the BSAVA app with the uh, with the BSAVA and our country. Well, I have blurred the screen with uh, which includes the BSAVA formulary. And I have that in my pocket every day and turn off the year sort of it it failed on me and I couldn't access it and I said <laughs> I needed some dosages and and I realized that without that thing I am helpless as a baby so <laughs> I thought here here's one definitely but Sheldon do you have one for us yes so um, on a, a more far more um, uh, tactile scale. Um, I, before I was, um, sabbatical as BSAV president when I was practicing, my interest was ophthalmology. Um, and uh, one thing I couldn't live without would be the, uh, the Calibri forceps uh, when doing any sort of cor corneal surgery, um, because they're just, without them I'm, I'm lost. There's no equivalent replacement that I can uh, grab if uh, if I if I drop them so you need several pairs sterilized just in case because it's quite fiddly surgery and I do frequently drop them okay 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 so and then finally somebody um some colleague that really inspired you Sheldon or Paul I think we yeah. should give Paul a chance here yeah. <laughs> because Sheldon did his bit already well you know I it, these are the things you have to think about isn't it and I when I thought about it, 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 it's almost relatively too easy to go to somebody who's inspired me um, uh, at, clinically. Um, but actually, I think I'm really passionate about getting a, a good work-life balance. And also, um, I think there's been some really impressive human feats um, uh, undertaken by members of the profession. And um, uh, in some ways, I'm going to cheat because there's 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 four people I I I'm briefly I'll mention okay. just because they're very they've got very they come from a very similar background. They're all they're all veterinary professionals, and I do love a bit of running and uh, and I and I dabble a bit, not very well uh, or competitively in in ultra running. Uh, mm. And there's been some amazing running feats within the veterinary profession. Laura Muir, who, who won the silver won the silver medal. Uh, at the Olympics, um, uh, Rob Pope, um, who uh, has uh, done the, the Forrest Gump uh, and uh, run across America uh, in the same uh, route and number of times as, as, as Forrest Gump did. Um, okay. We've got uh, Yasmin Paris, who's a, uh, an internal medicine specialist like, like myself, uh, who, who won the, the spine race, which is an incredibly, in fact, it's happening now the spine race on the Pennine Way, um, and they run the entire length of the Pennine Way non-stop, resting as they need to. And she won that race ahead of the males in her category uh, in the race as well, 
And at the same time, she had a baby less than a year old. I mean, these are really impressive feats. And then there's Sabrina, and I apologize to Sabrina if I don't pronounce her surname correctly. Verja, I think is, uh, is the way you pronounce it, who is a general practitioner in the Lake District who holds the record for running all of the Wainwrights in the Lake District in one go. I mean, these are incredible feats of, of, of uh, human effort and at the same time all working within the veterinary profession. Um, and uh, so for me, those are the inspiring characters at the moment, at this point in my life, I have to say. I never understood that how, I mean, as a vet student, it's just, it, I found it so hard keeping sort of keeping up sort of running and, 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 and training. And even more so when I started working because I was in the evening, I was often so tired and exhausted and then sort of then getting, picking up the courage and to do some mileage, it was really difficult. And then not only doing that, but doing it to, 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 to that sort of level, like Laura, for example, so Olympic level, wow, wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it needs to be a special person for that, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. I absolutely enjoyed that. And I hope that we three will meet in Manchester then in at the end of March, 24th to 26th of March. And I hope that we will see not only uh, a lot of UK colleagues, but also a lot of our European colleagues. I know that there's a huge following there. Quite a few European vets that have made it sort of an annual routine going to Birmingham. And now obviously they are as keen as I am sort of to go to Manchester. So, and they will for sure have, I think the, the same warm welcome as they have had for, for many, many years before 2020. Mm. Great. Sheldon, Paul, thank you very much. Have a good evening and uh, I would like to welcome all our viewers again to another episode of the Cover Vet Chat very soon. If you would like to have some more information, I would like to comment on this episode of the Cover Vet Chat. Just email vetchat at fecover.org or contact us via our social media outlets. Thank you very much and good night. Okay.